Thank you so much for joining and listening to us as Pastor Bo Ireland brings us our message today. The scriptures are holy, and before we consider them, we should pray. Will you bow your heads with me now? God, we come before you this day. We ask that the meditations of our heart and the words of our lips proclaim the glory of God this day. Enlighten us, illumine your scriptures, and speak to us through your humble servant. In Jesus' name, amen. So, there I was. Don't you love it when a sermon starts with, so there I was? You know it's about to get either really good or really bad. Perhaps it's going to be a little bit of both. This week, as I have been reading through this 12th chapter of Romans, as Paul writes to the church, I'm reminded over and over of that moment that we each need to have a touchstone moment. That moment that is especially dear in this season of Lent. So as I progress through this sermon, think about where we are today, here in this season. Looking to practice discipline and to live a holy life modeled after our Lord and Savior so that we can celebrate, celebrate the discipline that we've been given, and live a spiritual experience out in our lives. So, let me create the scene for you. So there I was, covered in sawdust, sweaty, had my tool belt on. It had been an aggravating day. And I had a group of gentlemen that were all working for me, And they were all down on their knees. They were putting in a floor. We were running behind schedule. I had just gotten chewed out by a client that said it was supposed to be done yesterday. And I was saying we're working as hard as we can. And then I went to my crew after the client had left. And I gave them a motivational speech of sorts. It may not have been as motivational as it was a good punch. And then I walked out to my truck, and I was steaming, I was fuming, I was hurt, and I was angry. I got out to the truck and realized, ah, in the midst of my motivational speech, I left my phone sitting on the kitchen cabinet. I walked back into the job site. And as I walked in, all of the gentlemen who were working for me had stood up, and they didn't know I was approaching. And they had taken off their tool belts and laid them down, and there in the middle of the job site, they were dancing. And I have to tell you, I lost it. I just blew up. There was nothing spiritual about it. And I, I can't remember, thank God, all of what I said, But I remember one of the last things I said was, why? Why are you doing this now? And the gentleman who was leading this little group said, in a very small voice, (laughs) he said, well, it had gotten a little heavy in here. So we thought we'd have a 60-second dance break to kind of lighten things up after you left. (laughs) 
and I didn't understand. And I grabbed my phone off the cabinet and I walked back out to my truck. I sat down in the truck and grabbed the steering wheel and I just began to scream, just ah! And then I called a man who had been my guide, who had guided me on a spiritual path for years and I called him and said, I just lost it. And I'm sitting here in my truck screaming into the air. And he said, Bo, this is not representative of the spiritual program, the spiritual experience that is supposed to be taking place within you. We need to get together. And so I got together with him and another friend of mine whose name was Larry. And Matt and Larry sat down with me and they said, Bo, tell us about your spiritual toolkit. And I had to think. And I thought, you know, my spiritual toolkit, when I encounter a problem, is to go get a hammer. And to just beat it into submission. And if that doesn't work, I go back to my spiritual toolkit and I get a bigger hammer. And I just continue to hammer away on it. And he said, what could make this situation for you and for those that you affect better? And I got to thinking. And I thought, you know, what I really need is a divine hammer. I need a great big God hammer just to smash those problems. And he shook his head at me. And he said, Bo, that's not at all what you should be looking for. What you need is love. He encouraged me to start working a spiritual program that was present in my house and in my job and in my life. The same spiritual program that I had been introduced to in the church. As I came to worship, I would worship and feel good. I would feel that presence of God. And then I would leave the sanctuary and immediately just nosedive into the dirt. Sometimes yelling at the kids on the way home in the truck. I was not taking that spiritual experience that I had in the church and taking it with me out into the world. I kept using that whole toolkit that I had that only consisted of hammers. These gentlemen and the church started to introduce me more and more to a program that celebrates, celebrates discipline. These, uh, these two gentlemen asked me to start reading a book called A Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. And as I, as I first got the copy of the book, I thought, A Celebration of Discipline, this must be a parenting handbook. Because to me, when I heard the word discipline, what came to my mind was my dad with a belt. Or perhaps Mr. Bill. Some of you remember Mr. Bill, a little claymation figure who would often get hurt by Mr. Hands or Mr. Sluggo, run over by the steamroller or the car. And as I started to read that book, I felt more and more like Mr. Bill laying down in front of the steamroller and getting ironed out. It was not so much a celebratory moment. Some of our touchstone moments, those moments that spark spiritual growth within us, 
are painful. And they're a moment of realization where we look at what we are, what we've become, or what we've forgotten, and we say, this is not at all what I intended. It was a moment of surrender. A moment where I just gave up and said, God, my toolkit isn't working. What you have given me, I'm not using. All of the love of God that you've poured out for me, I'm not taking that. I'm just keeping it. So I began to, uh, to pray and to pray regularly. I was encouraged to pray on my knees. I hadn't done that in a long, long time where I got down before God and I started to ask that God take every bit of me. Not just the holy parts that I pitched out there and said, God, this is good and worthy of you. Take this. No, take all of me. Take the good, the bad, the ugly, the parts that I don't want to present. Those are the parts most needing to be presented to God. As I began to pray and to, to work that celebration of discipline and to start to experience it as a real celebration, my perception of things began to change. There was a shift that happened. You know, Dr. Scraper last week talked about our skepticals. You know, how we're a skeptical generation. Some of our, our goggles that we wear are skepticals. I was just wearing a pair of ugly glasses. Everywhere I looked, I saw a problem. We can do that today also. Perhaps some of you have done it, where you got up this morning, you read the paper, you looked at the news, you looked at the world around us, and all that you could see was ugliness. Maybe you've got a pair of ugly glasses on too. My ugly glasses needed to be changed. The words of Paul here, they helped with that touchstone moment where I looked around and said, everything around me is pain and suffering and it's a problem. Through the celebration that discipline is, I began to have that turning moment where my perception changed and instead of seeing problems, I saw opportunities for grace. And as I looked even deeper than that, and it took a long time for me to really start to change my glasses to see the beauty, the beauty that is present in the world. That's what that spiritual experience did for me. And that's where the words of Paul come in. He says, therefore, therefore, brothers and sisters, that means in a short word, Having had a spiritual experience, this is the result. You are to go out and practice all that you have learned, all that you've experienced. Now you go out to practice. You go to do it out in the world. It is the living out of our spiritual worship. We gather together in worship service. And so if you're sitting here today thinking, my spiritual service of worship, well, I'm in church. That's what I'm doing here. This is my spiritual service of worship. Let me, let me try to coach you for just a moment. That is the, what I think is one of the primary jobs of a pastor 
is to help coach you, prepare you, pep talk you. So today we're in the locker room. We're gathered up, and I'm going to be the coach, and I'm giving you the pep talk to prepare you for the game that you will play. You're going to go out and practice to do that holy work that God sets before you. In the worship service that we have on Sunday mornings and on Wednesday nights, those times when we gather to, to praise God and to listen to those disciplines in action. These are the stories of faith that touch us. I'm telling you part of my story today. And I'm also going to tell you some other stories. This is where the orthodoxy that we have in the church, the right doctrine that's preached to you, meets the orthopraxy or the practice. It's where you are pep-talked, coached, and then sent forth. You know the sending forth at the end of the service? That's where the coach is telling you, go, go out, it's time to play ball. So, I'm going to coach you today a little bit. We are here in this worship service to praise God and to become prepared. I am going to do my very utmost to prepare you so that you can go. Here is one of those stories that will help us not just see problems in the world. I recently saw this, uh, this great video, it's a TED talk actually, by a man named DeWitt Jones. He worked for National Geographic, and they had a mission statement that began to change his life, and he had one of those touchstone moments in the midst of it. He says that he had this great job where he got to travel the world and go around and take some beautiful pictures of the world. He got to live into their mission statement, which was try to see the beauty in the world. Capture it. Bring it back for the people to see. He went out and he would take these photos and his touchstone moment happened one day when he was taking some pictures and he had a young man who came to accompany him. And the young man was just full of joy just brimming with it. And he, he looked at DeWitt as he came and said, are you a photographer? Do you have a camera? He was, as he says, festooned with cameras. <laughs> they were all over him. And he said, yeah, I've got a camera. And the young man said, can, can I come with you? I want to take some pictures with my camera too. And he had, uh, it, was, it was a pretend camera. It was a toy camera. And DeWitt said, sure, and he kind of humored him along, and he accompanied him, and DeWitt would stand up and go over and take a picture and try to get the angle right, and nothing was working for him, and it began to rain, and every time he went to take a picture, the young man would be like, can, can I go? And he would step up and take a picture, and he would say, I got it. And then DeWitt said, as the rain started to fall, I just, I'd had it. I was done. He was about to have one of those, uh, those fit moments that I was describing earlier. And he turned to the young man, and the young, the young man said, 
does your camera have juice in it? <laughs> and DeWitt looked at him and said, what? No, my camera doesn't have juice in it. And the young man said, mine does. And he opened the cap, and his, uh, his camera was also a juice holder. And he began to sip out of it. And he laughed, and he was just having a really good time. And it was that touchstone moment for DeWitt that he realized that he was sent out to go and see the beauty in the world. And he was failing. And this young man, this young man knew how to see that beauty in the world. We're called to go and celebrate, to practice, and not to look next to us and say, oh, this person is practicing this beauty in a way that I'm not. No, we're called to practice it in our own special way. We're all given gifts. We're given gifts to prophesy and to teach and to serve and to celebrate and to lift others up. What's your gift? Have you ever thought about what's your spiritual gift? What's that, that little something special that God gave you to brighten the world with? Are you using it? I, uh, I, I had a, a foot injury when I was in junior high, and they had to do surgery on my foot. And in the process of that, they were doing physical therapy, and they told me they were going to teach me as part of this therapy to dance. And I was not excited about it. I mean, I had, uh, I had admired great dancers. I had seen some great dancers. Have you ever seen some people who dance really well, especially as a couple? I've been, I've been privileged to see some of those people who they don't even communicate with their words. You know, the, there's one who leads, one who follows, and the dance is seamless. It's beautiful. I've been jealous of that. <laughs> In this course, I, uh, I had a physical therapist that was trying to teach me to dance. And I wasn't learning very well, and so she told me one day, she said, hold on, hold on, put your hands here, and this time, I'm going to lead, and you're going to follow. If you're going to learn how to lead, you have to know how to follow. And she began to lead me through these dance moves, and it was terrible. I am, I am not created to, to dance, at least in that fashion. God gave me other gifts. She tried and tried to teach me. I began to not be jealous of those who could dance and just admire what they do and to do my best to, uh, to dance in my own way. Each of us can dance in our own special way as God builds within us. God comes to build a spiritual structure for you. It's a gift that God gives through Christ so that you can carry that life that God puts in you out into the world with your special gift. I love the words of C.S. Lewis. He talks about how God is creating a spiritual structure within us. And that at first... You know, we, we have that 
that justification moment where we come to God and we give it up. We say, ah, oh, yes, I'm basking in the glory of God. I'm experiencing salvation. I'm walking on to perfection. Oh, this is beautiful. And then, then it begins to either stagnate or we haven't changed our glasses yet. Our perception is still the same and we see all of the problems around us. We stop doing those things. C.S. Lewis says that in that first stage, that it's all nice when God starts to build within us, that it's needed changes. He says he's fixing the drains and tinkering with the roof and putting things right that we, we know need put right. But then it becomes uncomfortable. And we have one of those Mr. Bill moments where it's not comfortable anymore. And God begins knocking down a wall and adding a wing and building towers and putting in courtyards. And this does not look like what I had in mind when I said yes to Jesus. And by and by, if we continue to walk that path, we find that God isn't building what we want. God is building, as C.S. Lewis says, a palace that God will come and live in. I like to think of it more of a sanctuary. I want that in my heart. I want that in my actions. I want to live that out in the practice. I want to be the sanctuary that God lives in. So we, we have to uh, continue to do our, our training work, to be coached, Find a coach. Find someone who can walk with you through that path and lead you day by day, hold you accountable, and give you good direction in how to keep accomplishing that. What's your touchstone moment? Think about that moment that maybe started with some pain. Many of our touchstone moments do. They start with a moment of pain. And then as we surrender and submit, that glory, that goodness, that love of God takes over. And then it is our job to let it spill out. Spill out to the world so that we are transformed. At that point, we've got new glasses. We can see things in a different way. We can look around and instead of seeing problems that just need a bigger hammer... We can see that what it really needs is love. We need that, that love more and more every day. I think today, as I look around in the world, I'm hopeful to see more moments of love. Now, your spiritual gift. I know that, uh, that my spiritual gift, I've thought about it a lot. I've thought about how sometimes my spiritual gift is building, swinging that hammer again, but this time building the kingdom of God and doing it in a way that teaches others. But that's not it. That's one of the gifts. The gift that I love the most, the spiritual gift that God gave me, is the ability to laugh. And, and not just a little, <laughs> no, a good old belly laugh. You know the one. 
I was thinking the other day, it had been one of those days where you just, you get off into the weeds and you think, why have I not been celebrating the goodness today? And I thought, you know, I haven't laughed all day long. And I was sitting there in the truck thinking, maybe I could just chuckle a little bit. And before I knew it, I was sitting there laughing at myself, thinking about laughing. And I began to just laugh out loud. There was joy in it. We need to seek out that holy embrace that makes us laugh. We need to experience it in the middle of worship. All right, this is the place where you prepare to go out to the world. You're to experience joy here, so I need your help. Will you laugh with me? <laughs> that wasn't even it. <laughs> Come on. Give it that good laugh. That one that reaches all the way down to your toes. That one that wraps God's love around you. Laugh with me. <laughs> That's the laugh you need. That's the laugh that takes you out into the world. It's not a world of pain and suffering. It's a world in need of grace. You have the opportunities in front of you to go and do your spiritual service of worship to share that grace that you've been given with the world. Let's pray. As we pray, if you would, think about your touchstone moment. If you haven't had a touchstone moment, if you're wondering, I don't know what he's talking about, maybe this is the time that you either have that first-time experience with Christ and you say, all right, I give up. What you've got is infinitely better than what I've got. I'm ready. Let's start this path to perfection. Let's start this walk into your hand that will take me a lifetime. Or maybe you've had that and you're thinking, I already had that. It, it happened years ago. It wasn't all that painful. Maybe today's that day where you say, you know, I need to restart the journey. I need to try it again. I need to enter my maker's hand so that I'm formed into the image of God today. Let's pray for that. Will you pray with me? God, you provide touchstone moments for us that transform us in the renewing of our mind so that we can go out from this place where we are prepared to go and do your holy work in the world. Enable us through your Holy Spirit to do such a thing. Give us the surrender to say yes. Yes, Lord, I need that. And even to have those moments of laughter, of joy, and of grace as we go out from this place. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Be sure to tune in next week and listen to us again.